today is from the UK-founded AI identity verification platform named Onfido. Uh, the company have seen significant growth and global growth, in fact, over the past year, marking their position as a category leader with recognition on lists such as the FinTech 50, the Sunday Times Tech Track 100, and CB Insights FinTech 250 just in the past month, which is pretty amazing for a... <laughs> for any company really over the past six months. So I'm sure we'll be able to hear a little bit more about that from Stacey soon. So I'm absolutely delighted to welcome the Global Talent Acquisition Lead from Fido, Stacey Slater, um, to our series to share a little bit more about their story and how they've scaled, particularly over this past 12 month period. Stacey, wonderful to have you here with us this morning. How's things, how's tricks? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, really, really yeah. good. It's um, it's been a whirlwind year. Hearing you say that, it's kind of like whoa, <laughs> lots that have been on. But I'm um, super happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Um, Stacey, can you tell us a bit about your story and uh, how you managed to, or um, for some people they say they fell into it, how you became yeah. uh, a professional in talent acquisition. Yeah, very true. So many people do say they fell into it. Um, I didn't start in recruitment um, about a year after graduating. I would say I did make a little bit of a conscious choice um, to get into the city um, mm -hmm. and to move into, into recruitment itself. So um, I had actually before that cut my teeth kind of building um, tuition centres. So I worked for a really great um, education business. Um, and I guess I think that's where I got my bug of building things. Um, and from that, I was like, hmm, recruitment individuals, humans, growing businesses, this sounds fun, um, and went into, into the realm. So I did about six, well, gosh, I don't even want to say for my sins, many years on the agency side, um, and uh, transitioned about six years ago internally. Um, so yeah, it's been a, a number of years now kind of focusing in on enabling the growth of, I guess, more fast-paced and, and evolving tech businesses. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so a bit, a bit more of a conscious choice for me, um, but definitely the the experience I gained on the agency side, my goodness, like absolutely set me up to be able to to deliver as well as um, work more strategically. Um, so yeah, that's I've kind heard of my, a lot of people describe it. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupt you. No, 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 carry on. <laughs> okay. uh, no, I was just going to say I hear a lot of people. I've never worked in an agency myself, so um, I've only uh, ever done in-house um, talent acquisition and mm -hmm. led in-house talent acquisition teams. But yeah, I hear it's a bit of a baptism of fire, particularly if it's very early in your career and sort of working your way up in those kind of places can be pretty can be pretty crazy days. Um, yeah. But now you're the global talent acquisition lead at Onfido. And just in case anyone was curious, that is right, that is Onfido, um, as yeah. we've learned over the course <laughs> of the last week. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the company? What's your vision? What's the mission um, there at Onfido? Yeah, I mean, I'm so passionate about the work that Onfido does and the product that we have. Um, ultimately, we want to create a world where identity is the key to access. And I guess what that means is, in a nutshell, we help a lot of companies across the world trust their users' real identities. Um, and we do this, I guess, in a very, very uh, kind of layman's terms, we help them prove their identity through uh, matching photo ID documents um, with uh, facial biometrics. So um, the users that our businesses that we partner with have um, can really verify themselves anytime, anywhere. Um, there's a few kind of key um, examples and use cases. We're very well aligned when we started back in 2012 with the fintech boom. So working mm -hmm. with some 
amazing brands and supporting the growth of the likes of Monzo and Revolut um, as they've kind of scaled rapidly. Um, but really, it's about widening access and creating opportunities for people to connect with the services they love. Um, and really, at the heart of that, tackling identity fraud, which is, you know, something apparent across the world and has been for a number of years. So the way we go about that and the technology we use is, is pretty is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, like you know, from my perspective, um, very, very lucky to be a part of a world that's changing rapidly and be at the forefront of that in the technology that we have. I have to say, you really are a ray of sunshine because I've never heard anyone describe fraud in such a passionate way. <laughs> I have actually, I've randomly back in Australia when I still live there, I've been a victim of identity fraud and um, and yeah, it's traumatizing because you don't understand what's going on and. And often it can be quite difficult to kind of unpick it as well. So I'm really pleased, particularly in, you know, the, the era that we're in now where most of us never even go into a bank or an insurance yeah. provider or anything. It's all done electronically and digitally. So um, no doubt you guys are, are absolutely filling a need in the market. Um, and particularly, as you, you mentioned, with the fintech boom, you've seen a pretty amazing expansion over the past little while through EMEA. Southeast Asia yeah. and of course the Americas um, raised $100 million in investment in April. Yes, people, in April of 2020, yeah. they raised $100 million. <laughs> and, that was fun. And, <laughs> and building and scaling a team for 400 employees around the world. So what has the last six to 12 months been like for you? And yeah, deep intake of breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think, you know, ultimately as a team, as a business, you know, we're so proud of what we've achieved, particularly given the current climate. Um, you know, and everybody on Vido feels so fortunate every day that we're able to continue to grow as an organization and do what we love. Um, yeah, when I joined a year ago, I mean it's it's strange looking back because a year it kind of feels like 10 minutes ago, but at the same time, it feels like five years ago. It's, like, it's like been this kind of amazing journey. Um, but yeah, when I joined, the talent team was just myself and Sophie, who's very much my partner in crime. Um, she had done an amazing job in establishing the recruitment function from a technical hiring perspective. Um, mm -hmm. And I came in um, to support the growth of our business operations and what we call our growth organizations, all of our sales and marketing functions. Um, so yeah, it was just the two of us um, with minimal process and um, you know very much this huge feat, this huge growth number in front of us. Um, and we're now you know seven strong as a team. It's been a hugely transformational year for for us um, as a talent function, as a people function, um, where we've kind of not only delivered a lot of growth for the company but also for ourselves. Um, you know, it's been a huge stretch and expansion for every single member of the team um, in kind of being able to develop as we build this business. Um, so yeah, I guess the best way to describe the year, um, and it's kind of how I describe on Fido to everyone that I talk to um, in terms of, you know, what is it like working for a business like this? Um, there's lots of startups and there's lots of scale-ups and I've worked for a few um, in my career. On Fido is kind of like no other in terms of the rapid pace. Um, so it's been a bit like, Flying a plane um, or being in a plane and flying that plane at the same time at 60,000 feet, super fast, <laughs> how many miles now? We've got a trajectory. But whilst we're doing that, we need to change a wing, um, you know, adjust the nose, let's fit out the <laughs> interior. Um, so it's it's really been, um, you know, an incredible ride. Um, and I guess, you know, from a business perspective, I guess the 
the real thing that I'm most proud of is we've been able to to show the organization like how beneficial a partnership with your talent team can be um mm. and you know, build out those structures pretty when you're scaling yeah yeah hugely yeah and I think you know in some instances it can be easy to to kind of look at your function as a as a delivery function and absolutely there's a huge part of what we do but the beautiful thing about when I joined on Fido it was it was very much in a place where it's always been a huge passion for their people and a huge passion for making sure that we get it right and an investment in that. So, um, you know, very lucky to have been supported uh, when it comes to building out a more structured approach to hiring, you know, evolving the methods. We have a very much, um, I guess, a mentality of always finding a better way to do things. Um, mm-hmm. It's ingrained in our culture. So um, it's been a, a, an amazing time to be able to build out and and evolve the hiring practices that we have at Onfido whilst hiring a lot of humans along the way and bringing them on that journey with us. So, yeah. <laughs> it's so um, refreshing and, and, you know, I'm, I'm very, very passionate myself about the role that talent plays, um, whether it's mm-hmm. talent acquisition, talent development, talent management, et cetera, um, in, in a scaling organisation. And, you know, one thing that we've heard a lot from people as we've been doing this series, um, 15 episodes, we're up to or 16 now, I think, um, is that people often leave it too late um, to yeah. build that talent function. And it sounds like you guys have, you know, really, you know, deliberately uh, invested in that talent function early to get it yeah. right sooner so that you're not sort of trying to unpick mistakes much further down the line. So, um, yeah. which is i got to say from, from people I've met and, and people I know, you know, within the fintech sector, it makes you, makes you a bit unique. Um, a lot of other, you know, um, companies do treat talent as a service delivery function, exactly as you just mm. mentioned. So um, glad to see that, that someone's doing it a little bit differently. Um, yeah. What has your biggest learning been, not, not just at Onfido, but, but also previously you've worked with Contentive, uh, Nextmo and mm. Bounce and BounceX? What's the what's the golden truth that you'd like to pass on to us and everybody who, who listens now or in future to, to this message? Yeah, I, th- I guess for me personally, like I've always been very lucky that I say lucky, luck is you know what you make of it yourself. I've always been very um, strategic in the businesses that I want to partner with. Um, so mm-hmm. for me, the theme with all of these companies, you know, Contentive was part of an amazing VC that had a number of small businesses that they were accelerating the growth of. So being positioned um, in a, a building environment from early stage was something I chose to do. Um, Nextmo is another product I'm so passionate about and the work that they continue Mm. to do. Um, So for me, the theme and and kind of leading me through to to BounceX and to to Mm. Onfido is is find a business where you're passionate about the product and the people. Because ultimately, when it comes to talent acquisition, you know, you have to tell that story every day and you have to be really multiple times a day. Every day, <laughs> multiple times a day with your interviews. Um, and I think as well, like when you really have that passion for that business and what they're trying to achieve, you are able to put that business first in everything you're doing internally and externally. So, I, you know, I do mm. think. The relationships you build and the partnerships that you you make are absolutely critical to your success, but the business needs should always come first. So I I definitely see myself as an advocate for Onfido um, within the organization. Um, So those challenging conversations you need to have when it comes to those hiring decisions, you know, pushing back, being able to 
you're right at the very beginning, you know, is this a role that we need right now? Are we better positioned looking at it from this perspective? Thinking about not just now, but thinking where we're going to be in a year, two years, three years. So hiring for the future as well is, is a big learning that I've had um, along the way and, and not just for the now, because that's where you start seeing churn. You know, yeah. we've got what we need for the business at this point in our growth. And then okay, we're not going to be in, in six months, a year, two years down the line. Mm -hmm. Might not be fit for purpose. So you kind of have to have your eye on the ball in that way. So another big learning for me. And I guess the fun part, I say it's the fun part. People always tease mm -hmm. me and say, like, why do you love that? I, I do. Like, don't be afraid to challenge your hiring mm -hmm. managers. Don't be afraid to challenge your stakeholders um, and the business. I mean, that's how they learn and that's how they grow, particularly in startups. Often you find first time hiring managers, individuals that have grown um, with the business and into that role. So educate, challenge and, and know your expertise and validate your expertise with that credibility. It's so important that, you know, you have that confidence um, to know that you're in a position that the business values. So have that voice and, and let it be heard. Yeah. And I think particularly, I mean, you mentioned there the first time hiring manager. They're often first time managers. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. um, they've yeah. never they've never had a position of responsibility, and you know, what they you know, in some cases, people can can think that it's just something that you learn through osmosis. <laughs> Actually, yeah. it is a skill, and and you know, there are people out there who who can help you learn and and refine that mm -hmm. skill as well. So, and yes, yeah. I agree. The challenging part's the fun part. You know, nothing like a good <laughs> argy bargy first thing in the morning. <laughs> Absolutely, um, I, you know, I thrive on that. couple for me I think um, there's a theme you hear a lot of sometimes in startups which is you know because of the pace and the rapidness of, of that growth they need is like just hire quickly and if they're not right we can get rid of them right hire fast fire fast mentality um, no please no like that's you know that for me is is you know a huge myth like the foundations that you're building earlier on in your business are just so critical to your success and your reputation right um, those humans that might not be right now could be exactly what you need in in a few years time so you know really kind of have that thought process take your time I know it's time is something that no one really has when they're in very fast growth businesses particularly with huge investments um, so yeah I think for me like that's a myth that I, I would say you know please don't um, take your time in the hiring process make sure that you have a robust process that's there to evaluate the experience not just kind of gut feel yeah mm -hmm. um, and make sure that you're kind of being smart about that approach um, so that's the first one for me and I think the, the second one is that classic hiring manager phrase you probably heard it I need someone to hit the ground running let <laughs> ah. <laughs> me show to hit the ground running i need I someone who i don't have to manage is basically yeah, what they're saying <laughs> someone, yeah yeah someone yeah and i need them yesterday um mm. so for me i think you know just when you're having those kind of conversations with people again like challenge them because if they can hit the ground running yeah amazing that's great for your business but what does that mean for that individual like sometimes it means they're going to come to a like to like role. Like where are they going to grow, stretch, be challenged? How are you going to retain them if they're just mm -hmm. doing the same stuff that they're used to doing? 
So it's a balance. You need to, again, build for the future, not just for the now. So identify individuals that are able to deliver what you need, but also where there's expansion and room for them to grow with you. And so you can retain them. Um, and I think that comes back to the, the, the right, the beginning of that hiring process mm. and really evaluating what's essential and critical or where do we have skills gaps um, that are, you know, we really need to make sure that we're, we're considering and, and, and filling. Um, and then where are those kind of really cool opportunities for people to be able to dip their toes? Because that's what startups provide you, right? They give you so much opportunity to be able to do things mm. for the first time because the businesses are often doing things for the first time. So there's a mentality there where like that's okay if you don't know the answer. And I think, yeah, definitely look to and find those people that can grow into can things. Help as well. you scale and, and you know, that's why again, I'm sort of coming back to that point of having a talent function early that can actually, you know, help structure and, and provide advice and support to deliver on that on that plan as well. The hire fast, fire fast thing. I mean, how I managed to keep my mouth quiet <laughs> while you were talking about that. I mean, mm. I have seen that, heard that, and uh, and lived it in in all of its painful yeah. truth um, a number of times. And and you know, for anyone who was listening who who perhaps is outside of the talent function, you know, um, a business leader or a founder, you know, the 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 damage that a bad that a you know particularly like the firing process, perhaps the performance management, et cetera. If you're a team of only 20 or, or 30 people and you're getting rid of, you know, one, two, even three a year, the, you know, the cultural sort of uh, detraction that you can have in your organization, um, you know, is, is just not worth it. I really don't think. And, uh, people talk, um, people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I've, worked myself in in organizations that have gone through periods of very very high attrition you know there's obviously a huge commercial um risk as well because of the, the drain of knowledge but you know um it, it's very hard to pull back your reputation um and your and your employer brand which which conveniently leads me to my next question <laughs> um Peter has an amazing employer brand um it, it's one of the things one of the one of the few things actually that I knew about your organization before chatting to you um, uh, earlier this week. On top of all of the accolades that I mentioned earlier, you've recently, in addition to you know winning the Oscar, the Emmy and the Tony and a Grammy <laughs> probably coming up soon, um, been recognized as one of, one of London's top 50 startups to work for in 2020. And I see a lot of um, the messaging and a lot of the storytelling that you guys have out there on LinkedIn under the hashtag um, life and on Fido. But I'd be really interested to hear what role you play, um, you know, is that important for you? You know, what have you learned along the way? Employer brand is often seen as a nice to have, I think. And I, I yeah. from what I've heard, anyone, what I've observed, you guys have really put that front and centre. Yeah, it can be seen as a nice to have. And it's also, you know, let's be real, it, it takes time. And, you know, as a talent function, like it, it's, it's tough to carve out that time, right, um, mm. to do it. But it's so important. So for me, I've, I, again, this is just a natural, um, I guess, involvement of, of my passion for, for the companies I work for and, and, and what we mm -hmm. do. I want to tell that story. I want to amplify that story. But, you know, the reality is as a business that competes with talent, um, with, you know, with loads of the tech giants out there, um, <laughs> particularly, um, it plays a massive part in London, in tech. In London, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's wild, mm. um, particularly in the realms of AI and what we're doing, you know, it's, there's some mm. amazing minds out there and, you know, they're, they're hot property. So I think it, it plays a big part in our attraction efforts. So we very much um, 
installed that ethos um, as a wider team responsibility. But again, it takes time to do it. So we as an organization, you know, we started this um, employer brand journey relatively recently, actually. Um, and we're very lucky that we've got some passionate members of the team that, that want to, again, develop their own skills in these areas. So I spent a lot of time working with them and guiding them on how to how to do this and, and what are the kind of best method, methods and, and kind of pieces that we can do. But I think um, particularly for small scale businesses, um, start small, utilize what you've got. Um, you know, don't you don't have to kind of reinvent the wheel, get inspired by what other organizations are doing. I'm a massive follower um, of HubSpot and the amazing brand that they've built. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to get to that point with this organization and what they're doing. So, you know, how can you how can you kind of adapt that to your culture and your business? So find find your tone um you know think about the content formats that work for you you do have to be organized um in, in doing this and um have a point person that's going to be responsible for it we actually build employer branding into our okrs on fido um so it's recognized like that, that. It, yeah. it's 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 an important part of what we do as a talent function as a people function and then that extends into the business so you need your ambassadors right you've got to collaborate internally our marketing team's amazing our PR team's fantastic so there's resources there that we can we can pull upon for some quick wins um, and our design team you know I'm, I'm <laughs> not my forte like all of these lovely <laughs> templates and Phoebe and our team has just been amazing and Sarah you know being able to mm -hmm to pull those pieces together and make sure that we're, you know, we're producing content that's going to be engaging. Um, but none of that matters if you don't get your employees and your networks to really engage with it. So for us, it's been, you know, a journey in, in getting people to, A, want to provide you with these stories. Like, you know, we do testimonials, we share testimonial cards in the business, we started an interview series. And um, mostly actually that stemmed from our own curiosity to learn more about people in other functional areas that we don't work so often with. So we interview them, they come and do sessions with us, and then we transcend that out, out externally. So I think that engagement piece is, is obviously critical once you've got the content. Um, and it's about educating the business. So use the data. It's very powerful um, when you can go back to the business and say, look, your network reach <laughs> will <laughs> enable us to tap in. And you might not be able to measure that immediately in influx of, of applications or um, quality of applications. But again, it's your brand. People are talking about it. People are liking it. People are sharing it. People are tweeting about it. Um, so, you know, it, it definitely makes all the difference. I think with Onfido, we use you know, we use um, a tool to be able to make sure that our content's accessible to our employees, to be able to easily share that. When mm -hmm. I was at Contentive, I was the one writing those messages <laughs> and sending it around to the business teams and saying, hey guys, please be that annoying person. Please like my post, um, you know, please share my post. Like you have to make noise um, and get people yeah. on the way. And then they actually, you'd be surprised. Like they love it because they're like, oh, can, can I, can I, um, can I share my article? Can you, you know, mm -hmm. push this? And, oh, I didn't realise so-and-so was doing that. Like, that's really cool. And and so it works actually twofold, not just externally, but internally in that cultural piece and keeping people connected. Um, so I do feel it's a really, really important, uh, important piece of what we do. Um, but it does take time. So you need to make sure that you carve that out and allocate it and you know, get people engaged um, within your team and, and across the business. I think, I mean, you've mentioned a couple of really valid points there about 
the, the benefit for employees. A lot of people don't realise that, you know, um, their own professional brand as an individual, yeah. you know, will help them in their job today, but also helps them in their jobs in the future. And, you know, it's about, you know, being a thought leader potentially in the sector or of industry that you work in. Um, but mm-hmm. also, and, and, you know, I had the good fortune to work at, at that social media company with that professional network that we all know and love. Um, it also <laughs> helps your corporate brand. You know, yeah. if, if you've got an amazing employer brand and you mentioned HubSpot, most people don't know what HubSpot do, but everyone knows that it's a great place to work. So, right. you know, it yeah. does help to drive their, you know, to drive their, their B2B brand as well as a, as a marketing partner. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, you think about Netflix, which, of course, we all we all know and, and most of us use, um, you know, particularly in the, the sort of in the Silicon Valley networks of, of people and talent leaders, equally well known and well regarded for their, their culture and values and the way that they onboard their employees as they are for being a great, you know, streaming service as well. So the knock on effects like it, you, you talked about using your PR team and using your marketing team, you know, it, it, it's good business. <laughs> to get yeah. them involved as well, because it will ultimately have nothing but a positive commercial impact um, uh, mm-hmm. for the business as well. So I'm glad to hear that uh, you've got a great supportive marketing team because I have worked with yeah. amazing marketing teams on employer brands and, and I've also had some less positive experiences <laughs> as well. So I think I think the moment where I felt, and it was only literally just yesterday that someone in our PR team reached out to me and went, Hey, that interview series that you've created, like we'd love to tweet that. Is that okay? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that's when you're like, oh, yeah, and, and that's not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much overseeing what we're doing, but you know, the team are putting in a huge amount of effort um, to to get this up and running and the wheels in motion. And trust me, it's it's, it's tough to begin with as you're building out templates, but be smart, box clever, create templates. You can then drop in different copy formats, different um, interviews, and once you've kind of built those mechanisms. It, it kind of starts running itself after a few months yeah. of that. So you know, don't be disheartened if it feels a little bit tricky to begin with. Like it does get easier. And particularly you get the ball rolling and people get involved and then it becomes like an organic thing that's perhaps even led by people outside of the talent team yeah. eventually as well, which would be which would be amazing. This ties really well into something that I saw um, you talk about recently on LinkedIn regarding a team offsite that mm-hmm. you guys had it on Fido, celebrating a topic that you focused on um, which we're all becoming experts at in 2020, which is agility. Um, can you share yeah. a little bit of your experience about being agile and, and how you make that come to life at work? Yeah, so first and foremost, I guess the first challenge was this is our first fully virtual remote offsite. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to get that up and running. Um, yeah, I mean, it was an amazing, it was an amazing opportunity for us to come together as a business operations function um, at Onfido and really understand um, what agility means to us and and what the pitfalls you know can be and what the challenges are within that. Um, so I think you know first and foremost. Sometimes I forget, right, that that I've had that experience of working with a lot of fast-paced companies that are growing quite rapidly, and perhaps other people haven't, right? Um, We look Mm -hmm. for people from all different backgrounds to join us at Onfido. So for some, that element of constant change and having to be agile and shift direction can, can actually... For any human being, change is, is a bit scary, right? It's unsettling, particularly in the world that we're in at the moment. So I think it's um, you know, it's it's a big thing for me to be like, oh yeah, yeah, psh, you know, another twist, another turn, like, yeah, roll with it. 
And then you have to think, well, actually, you know, sometimes people aren't as used to it. So I think acknowledging it that it's tough, but also embracing it and, and really within the world that we operate in from a, a high growth perspective is inevitable, right? So change is, is absolutely inevitable. Um, always be iterating, you know, as an agile business, um, sometimes people just think too big, too quick. You've got to have your eye on where you're going, but you've also got to think um, back into the world of development. You know, what's your MVP? Get your skateboard rolling before you start building your car around it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Being able to to kind of know that, that less is more sometimes, um, get the plates up in the air, get them spinning. But agility is also, it's not just um, your, your abilities to adapt to change. Your mental agility is, is also you know, hugely important in, in making sure that you're taking care of that, right? And knowing mm-hmm. what your needs are and listening to that as well um, whilst you're going along the way. Um, but I think that the key theme with agility in businesses like this, the thread, is communication, right? You have yeah. to you have to be able to um, thread that together and make sure that you're moving as quickly as you can, but make sure you're not doing that on your own or you're moving 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction, <laughs> right? <laughs> so making sure that you're pulling in and having those conversations and engaging the relative cross-functional business units so we work very closely with our legal teams you know new market expansions we're working really closely with our finance team 2021 headcount planning underway like how do we how do we adapt and work together to make sure that we're finding the best way forward so i do think communication is, is a huge huge aspect of that um, and being very open and honest and transparent with, with what your what your intentions are as well to make sure that you're you just mentioned two of my favorite words Stacey, sorry, that was, for those of you who are curious what that loud noise was in the background, my mother in Sydney is trying to get in touch with me at the moment. So uh, oh. sorry, I didn't have my phone on silent. Um, but no, you mentioned two of my favourite words just there, open and transparent. And I think, you know, much like in the world right now, if you are open and transparent with the people that you want to follow and the people that you want to, the people that you're leading, the people you want to follow your your, your story, your vision, your ideas, if you tell them the truth, no matter how ugly that yeah. truth might be, you will win so much love and so much yeah. loyalty from your people as opposed to, you know, if you think in the, the broader context of the world right now, people are feeling very anxious because they don't know the truth and they don't know what's going on and, and you know, people feel like maybe facts and, and, and uh, figures are being, you know, hidden or manipulated. So, um, yeah, openness and transparency, I mean, it's 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 the key to, to getting people yeah. on board. and. Um, and building trust and credibility. Um, I am conscious of time, Stacey, and both of us have a day job. Um, <laughs> not just, <laughs> I, I'm honestly not, just, I'm not going to call back mums because I, I imagine it's some kind of drama I don't need to be involved in. Um, one, one final question, though, for you. What yeah. is a thought or, or value or phrase that you live by um, to stay oh. as positive and bright as you are? <laughs> yeah no I, you know, it's funny I've been having talks with my team about this as well more recently because it can you know it can be really challenging and there's a huge amount you know on on our plates at any given time but I'm a real believer that you should be able to find the joy in what you do like know yeah. know what that joy is and make sure you tap into it as well right it's all it's not all roses right there's always going to be tough and challenging pieces but make sure that you're giving yourself an opportunity to tap into that passion and that love that you have um retreat mm-hmm. itself lots of highs and lows it's a tough gig right and and it's um it's one of the most rewarding ones that you can have so if you know what your joy is make sure you're feeding it and make sure that you're um you know 
giving yourself the opportunity to 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 share that because you have to make sure that you're getting your energy from from what you're doing as well right um Mm. and that will then translate into into the work that you're doing so yeah definitely find your joy know what it is um and make sure that you're you're giving yourself the opportunity to to experience it every day I am going to say it out loud so that um, the people who edit this afterwards um, remember this phrase because you've just made my day. Um, find oh. your joy and then feed your joy, I think, is um, something. It's one thing to know what you love and what, what inspires you, but it's an entirely different thing to actually take time to, to nourish that and feed it in your life to, to feel, you know, like you have purpose and, and value, I suppose, is um is a way to look at it. Um, Stacey, it has been an absolute pleasure, and I'm not just saying that, um, <laughs> to start my day chatting with you this morning, learning a little bit more about the team at Oncedo and, and understanding a bit more about where you've been and, and, uh, and what's coming up soon. Um, I'm just absolutely delighted to hear about your journey and, and definitely will be keeping tabs on what happens for you guys in the future as well. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you.